Steve Bauer's Grateful Dead podcast. Glad to be with y'all again. I know it's been a while since my last one. Sorry about that. Uh, it's just been kind of crazy, but uh, here we are. So let's do this. This is my first uh, episode podcast since the Fairly Well event in Chicago. And I'll talk a little bit about that here in a second. I do again want to give a shout out to my friends JT and Miranda for um, hooking me up with the tickets and uh, Joel and Jeremy uh, for going along and uh, being traveling partners. And what a what a deal that was, folks. I, you know, I'm kind of loath to give opinions about it. I'll tell you a little bit about my experience for those of you that are interested. Um you know, this was uh, this was a big deal for me. It really was. I'm so uh, incredibly thankful that I was able to go uh, to this event. There's so much hyperbole and hype and everything that kind of surrounded that. And, you know, I think most people that aren't deadheads still heard about it just because it was huge, you know, for a little while in the news and all that. And um, I, I think that it was a big enough thing and kind of enough time has passed since Garcia passed that even, you know, just normal people um, kind of stuck their heads up and went, huh, I wonder what's going on over there, you know, because it really did. It was it was just huge. And and being there in person, certainly that was the tale of the tape. The, the event itself, it was it was just huge. It was monumental on so many levels. Uh the thing that struck me the most was just, you know, how many of us there are. I, I really kind of, you know, I, I, it made me think a little bit about one of the things I heard about uh, the Woodstock Festival back in the day was it was kind of the first time a lot of people looked around and went, there's really a lot of us, you know, um, and there was power in that. And I, you know, there obviously weren't as many people there uh, at Soldier Field, but there was still a lot of people there and it was really, I don't know, heartwarming for me, I guess, on a certain level, just to, to stand there one more time and go, my God, like this happened. This was a thing. It was so incredibly huge <laughs> and powerful. And most people just had no idea, you know, so there was that. And one, I want to talk about a couple of things that happened to me, um, a couple little experiences. Well, one, they're not little, they're experiences. Um, the the first night, uh, the the third, um, I was the, there's this couple sitting next to me and and uh, you know I mean deadheads come in all shapes and all sizes so I'm you know not I don't want to like label anybody but it was kind of obvious they weren't from around here you know what I'm saying they just weren't they were about sixty and they just they looked like just I don't know normal people <laughs> I don't know but they were really nice and I got to talking to them and I asked you know so what brings you to the neighborhood, you know? And it turns out that, um, the, the woman, they were from Wisconsin, some little town in Wisconsin. I didn't get the name. Um, but, um, like they weren't deadheads really at all. How, except that, um, she had a little business and every Sunday night, um, for her business, she did the books. Uh, she did her financial stuff for the coming week. And, uh, and and on Sunday nights was the night that her local community radio station played David Gans's Grateful Dead Hour. And so she'd been listening to the Grateful Dead Hour for years just because it was what her radio station played and that's what she listened to. And so it was like she'd heard a lot of stories and a lot of music and kind of 
you know, was interested. It was coming up from a completely different place. It wasn't like she went to a show and had her mind blown out on acid or anything. She just was listening to it and found it interesting. And so like a week before the shows, her husband came in holding a, a newspaper article or something and said, hey, they're like the Grateful Dead are playing their last concerts in Chicago. Do you want to go to that? And she said, yeah. So they got on StubHub and they bought some tickets and they went to their first and last Grateful Dead concert. And they were, it was just the darndest thing. The husband went to go get a beer or something. I was talking to the lady and, and she was like, this is, she was speechless. You know, I mean, she had just no idea, <laughs> you know, cause how could you, you know? And, uh, and, and I said, you know, they used to do this all the time. They did this all summer long, all year long, for many, many years. And she said, really? I said, yeah. And and we just kind of this moment said they were all pretty much like this. And it, it was at set break, so we'd you know been through the first set. And and she said, really? And I said, yeah, it was it was really wonderful. And she said, I bet. You know, it was just, it was a really nice moment. You know, I was glad that I was able to share that with her. And then, then her husband came back kind of in the middle of that and and we were talking a little bit, and, I, and he's like, this is really something else. You know, he didn't know what to say. And, I mean, the speaker, the sound system, forget about it, and the lights, and just all the people, and just, you know. Um, and I and I said, uh, <laughs> and the thing about it is, man, is that you see all those drums on the stage, all those big drums? He's like, yeah. I said, those are not props. And Mickey Hart's going to start hitting those things in about an hour. And he said, really? And I said, yeah. And sure enough, Mickey Hart's doing his thing with the beam. And it was just, it was great, you know. And uh, <laughs> and he just turns and he looks at me and goes, that is amazing. I said, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just, it was really cool. Like, he got it, you know. Mickey Hart was, I can't tell you how good it was to be. I mean, I'm excited to Phil and Trey and all that was great. But gosh darn it, you know, I've seen Phil a bunch of times in the last 20 years. Um, but to hear Mickey Hart get on the beam in a stadium one more time was fucking incredible. It was so, so good to have that happen again. Um, that was uh, all three nights. Mickey was just dynamite, especially, uh, the fifth, I, he, he pulled out all the stops and the fucking train locomotive horn, um, <laughs> which was, I, I, you know, never trust a prankster, folks. That was so, so awesome. And then the other thing that happened, and now get this. This, you know, I went to this event, um, you know, I mean, partly to rock out, but partly for some closure. And uh, man, I've been through a lot with these guys. I, I've been through a lot with the Grateful Dead over the last 20, 25 years, you know. And so I, I, I was going to, to say goodbye and to kind of wrap up some stuff. You know, I didn't know exactly what, but I was I was partly going to have that experience and to kind of say goodbye and thanks and all that. And, and so Saturday night, the middle night, July 4th, I'm sitting and I'm talking to this guy. He's got sunglasses on, and we're just kind of, we're just shooting the shit, and we're playing, you know, what was your first show, where are you from, and I used, we're getting along cool, great, and, um, and, like, the circles of, like, where we were and timelines start getting smaller and smaller, you know, and finally, he, he's just staring at me with, through these mirrored sunglasses, he's just staring at me, and it was, 
I it was got it was like okay this is getting a little long and I I, I finally looked I said hey so are you processing something or do I know you and he goes what's your name I I said Steve Erbauer and he took off his sunglasses and said his name with this big old grin and uh turns out I knew him 23 years ago we had uh <laughs> we were supported together uh in northern Virginia um where we both lived at the time for a couple years and uh, then I moved out to California, and we just lost track of each other. And even with Facebook and all that, we hadn't reconnected at all. We hadn't communicated on any level for over 20 years. And this is a guy that I hung out with pretty regularly for a while. And he was like when I was getting into the dead, I guess is part of the point. It's like I was I had been to a few shows and like just kind of had gotten on the bus when we hooked up and started doing our thing. And uh, and so to have this guy his name is John, sitting next to me in Soldier Field 20-plus years later. Folks, do you believe in coincidences? Because I don't. I believe in synchronicity and all that. And it was just, it was all too much, to borrow a phrase from the Beatles. Um, it just really was. And we just kind of looked at each other, you know. And it turns out we were probably sitting next to each other Friday night and just didn't see each other. And we were sitting next to each other Sunday night, too. And, like, Saturday night, had his girlfriend sit, been sitting next to me or some, you know, one of the, we might not have even hooked up, you know. So that in and of itself was, it just lended a lot of gravitas to the proceedings. Like going back to my previous point of, like, going for, like, a little closure and a little, um, to, to to kind of say goodbye and to wrap some things up. And he's like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Unbelievable. So those are, those were kind of the, the I guess the, <laughs> they were just, those were a couple things that happened there. Um, the music has been dissected to death. Um, I, my very brief two cents on it is that they were, they were Grateful Dead concerts. You know, and if you say, oh, we can't have the Grateful Dead without Jerry. Yeah, 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 I get it. He's been dead for a long time. You know, time to let that one go, folks. Um, it's really time to let that one go because Trey did just fine. He stepped up. And I read, you know, one thing that was so cool, I think, and that worked out really well is that, like, they needed somebody that could stand in front of 70,000 people and, and handle that, you know, without a net. And Trey did great. He had obviously spent some time learning some of the dead chops, but he put his own thing on it, and he did. He put his own thing on it, and it was great. And, I, you know, there were a couple of times that I, I frankly missed Jerry's vocal, I don't know, depth, maybe? Even with his reedy voice, he had this depth. But, like, Trey killed Standing on the Moon. He killed Althea. That's Standing on the Moon. I, fuck, if he wasn't crying, I was crying, you know? It was just beautiful. It was beautiful. Maybe he didn't bellow out the end like Garcia would have, but he kept it going. It was beautiful. And, oh, my God, Crazy Fingers. His vocal vocals at the end of Crazy Fingers just just slayed me. Um, and speaking of vocals, there was a lot of Phil hate after Santa Clara. Like, oh, my God, Phil singing. Ah. And uh, I loved, I loved Phil's opening box of rain in Chicago. He was belting that sucker out, man. It was beautiful. He was growling and aggressive, and God, it was great. And not that he didn't have his moments throughout the weekend, but 
That was so cool. It's just like a big fat middle finger to everybody that was hating on Phil Lesh. At least that's how I interpreted it because I love me some Phil and I thought it was beautiful. Uh, speaking of beautiful, Sunday night, um, I uh, I cried so much. I just cried so much. I was pretty cool Friday and Saturday. Uh, a little bit of, you know, aforementioned tears here and there. But when Phil, when they cracked into Lady with a Fan uh, on, on Sunday, that was all over. Uh, basically, from then on out, um, I was just a blubbering mess. Because um, that Lady with a Fan in particular... Um, well, it, it's pretty, I mean, it's it's been apropos uh, for 25 years, you know, and it, and it was particularly poignant um, here, and I just started bawling, you know. If I, I might start crying right now, um, and it just didn't let up, you know. God, the, you know, okay, I got to say it, Unbroken Chain was not the best song choice. I get it, Phil, you want to sing it, You, it's your tune, it's your signature, it's the last time, fine, but damn it, man, it wasn't that great, I'm sorry, and I know you know that because it was obvious. Going down the road feeling bad would have been so good right there. New Spadeway Boogie would have been so good right there. It would have been easy, and it would have rocked, and everybody would have boogied. I mean, you guys barely made it through Unbroken Chain. You know that, right? Okay, fine, I've said it. Now, Sliding that right into days between. I mean, I had just recovered, you know, I wasn't blubbering anymore. And goddamn days between, and goddamn it, we're just when I want to say, oh, fuck, Bobby's singing again. You killed it. You killed Bob Weir, killed days between, even from 200 yards away. Or well, like we were in basically the last seat in Soldier Field, and it was still powerful. And I was reduced to a just bawling again. Um, which is great. I mean, it was really, really good Grateful Dead. I mean, it was really, really good Grateful Dead. And then to go slide into that not fade, not fade away, if you weren't there, you couldn't be there, if you find the video of it, it's, there's some decent video of it on YouTube, the guitar work, the, the three gunslingers standing in the middle of that stage letting not fade away happen again one last time was so good. God, it was great. It was so great to have Trey and Bobby feeding off each other and firing at each other. And, oh, it was it was everything that a Grateful Dead show and her, you know, big rave up should be. It was just, God damn it, it was so good. So there's that. And then Touch of Grey Encore, with we were coming out wearing the Let Trey Sing shirt. Perfect. That was such a great moment. You know, um, so much good happening there. And then if you haven't seen it, try to find the Addicts of My Life um, montage thing. It's on YouTube. Musically, it was a little rickety. But God damn it, man. It was the, I, you know, I was really hoping for Johnny Be Good. I was really hoping that the Grateful Dead would blast one more Johnny Be Good just because, you know, so we can boogie on out of there. But Addicts of My Life was was a great call. And I cried again, but it was different tears this time. It was, it was just, it was thank you tears and it was joy tears. And, uh, and seeing the pictures of the band all through the years. And then the pictures of, of, of even Bruce Hornsby's picture, like, God damn it, man. I saw the dead with Bruce Hornsby 20 times, you know, um, it was just, it was wonderful. And Trey's goofy ass smile up there. Like, that's why they picked him. That's why Bobby was wearing the Let Trey Sing shirt, because he's a goofy music dork motherfucker that can really play the guitar. You know what I'm saying? He's, I, I pff, 
my hat is off to that guy and my hat is off to those entire proceedings all the hype and all this shit and all the smack talk and all the whatever that led up to it don't care because folks it was a great capstone to 50 years you know and they're they're all going to be in errington virginia this fall I don't think they're going to play like that, you know, the core four or whatever. And I don't give a shit. I don't care if they do or they don't. But, like, they're all still going to be playing. This song ain't never going to end. They're going to play as long as they can. And my hat's off to them. But for the Grateful Dead to to show up as best they could and to do it one more time, a three-night stand in the middle. I mean, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. God damn it. I'm so I was I was so proud of them and I was so damn glad that I could be there. So there's that. Okay, so let's play some music. I've talked uh, plenty here. I'm gonna do some music from a concert that I was at, uh, September 4th, 1991, at the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. The Coliseum itself was no great shakes and it's gone now. But the Dead played a, played a bunch of shows there uh, in the 90s. And uh, it was certainly serviceable. Uh, these This three-night run of shows uh, from September 91, it, it was the beginning of the fall tour. And they are overshadowed by the Madison Square Garden run and the Boston Garden run that follows this. But uh, these are great shows. And I, I kind of, well, I was there, so there's that. But uh, they really, they have their moments. They definitely sparkle. And this uh, show... Features one of the one of my favorite Scarlet Fires uh, from the Vince and Bruce years. Uh, it's long. Garcia gets out the MIDI stuff and really is having a pretty good time with it. These were these were these shows were very energetic uh, rock and roll concerts, and uh, uh, they were just a lot of fun. And so I'm gonna chop this one up a little bit and skip around a little bit. I'm gonna pull the Scarlet Fire from the second set, and the rest of us is gonna come from the first set. Um, so let's, uh, let's do this. Here we go. The set list is an opening, let the good times roll, followed by Jack Straw, then Friend of the Devil, then Black Throated Wind, then the aforementioned Scarlet Fire, then to close out the show, we'll do the first set closer of Cold Rain and Snow into Promised Land. Here we go, folks. Grateful Dead, September 4th, 1991, from the Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio.
Texas, 4th day of July. Sun so hot, clouds so low, eagles fill the sky. Catch the beach rolling, riding out of Santa Fe.
you standing there for Calling slow motion and a ball to the floor Playing cold music on the barroom floor Driving your laughter and dead to the core There's a dragon with matches that's loose from a tail Take a whole pail of water just to cool him down Well, fire, fire on the mountain Gotta eat. 
long, there's no one to compete. If mercy's in business, I wish it for you. More than just ashes when your dreams come true. Well, fire, fire on the mountain.
flow Caught in slow motion and I fall to the flow Playing cold music on the barroom floor You gave all you had but you wanna give more The more that you give, the more it will take To the thin line beyond which you really can't fake Well, fire, fire on the mountain 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 Well, fire, fire on the mountain
life She's been trouble all my life Run me out in the cold rain and snow Rain and snow Run me out in the cold
out in the cold rainstorm. Run me out in the cold rainstorm. Run me out in the cold rainstorm. Oh, run me out in the cold Thank you. 
try Come down easy Talk to the terminal zone Got your engine to cool your wings And let me make it to the telephone Give it up for Virginia Dark What a fortune on that Yeah, you're goddamn right. Grateful Dead. <laughs> September 4th, 1991. From the Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. How's that for a little rock and roll, folks? Well, um, I'm so glad to be back. It's been so great to kind of process this and to listen to some of this music again. And um, what a, I, I mean, I could have a whole podcast just on that three-night run of shows, uh, as I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. So, with that being said, it's real good to be back in the saddle again, and I hope to be a little bit more uh, regular in my posting. Please, uh, don't go anywhere, folks. Stick with me. Um, And if you like what you've heard or have any comments or questions or criticisms or concerns about anything, really, feel free to email me at negdpodcast at gmail.com or find me on Facebook at negdpodcast and on Twitter at negdpodcast. That's N-E is in Nebraska. Um, so with that, uh, thanks so much for listening and I hope y'all are doing well and I hope to, uh, see you soon. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) 